Welcome to Animalia, where we cover all things conservation, climate justice, and sustainability. Welcome to the five-minute version of Going Nuclear, our episode covering recent advancements in nuclear technology and why we think it's an absolute critical pillar of getting off of fossil fuels. I'm your host, James. And this is the super short version where we summarize the key takeaways and excerpts from the full episode, which of course you should go listen to when you get a chance. It's roughly five minutes, but give or take a minute or two. In the full episode, we chatted with Jason Herbert, Director of Government Affairs for Energy Northwest, a major energy agency in the state of Washington, providing a lot of renewable energy to utility companies, including, of course, nuclear. Prior to Energy Northwest, Jason spent a decade on Capitol Hill, working in Congress with a focus on energy and environmental policy. So you'll hear parts of my interview with him in this shortened summary version. All right, nuclear energy. Let's do a little word association. What comes to mind when you think of nuclear energy? I'm guessing it might be words like Chernobyl or nuclear waste or nuclear weapons. Well, how about zero emission carbon-free energy? Nuclear is the strongest clean energy source we have. Generating nuclear energy produces zero carbon, just like solar and wind. However, unlike solar and wind, it's a constant, reliable energy source. And it's far less land-intensive as well. A wind farm the same size of a nuclear power plant produces one-tenth of the energy output. And again, zero emissions. If you look at renewables, the we as Energy Northwest, we have renewables in our portfolio. We like them. The downside to renewables is they're weather dependent. You don't necessarily know when the wind is going to blow and when it's going to blow hard enough to generate electricity, when it's going to stop. And then with the sun, you know, you can a little bit more predictable, but there's only so much electricity that you can derive from that. So electricity is needed around the clock. And you're not just trying to meet kind of the average needs of the grid. You have to be able to meet the peak needs. So when it's really hot, when it's really cold, you need to make sure that you have enough generation on the system to do that. So nuclear is the one that kind of, and that's really where natural gas and coal have a big advantage is they can operate anytime, but they're not carbon free. Nuclear fits both of those rules. It's carbon free, like renewables, but it can operate around the clock. Sure. Building the nuclear plants themselves produces emissions, but so does building solar panels. In addition, nuclear power does not need to be refueled that often, making it reliable in times of distress. And the other real big benefit is on like a natural gas plant where you're kind of reliant on the supply chain to bring you new fuel. And if you don't have it, like we saw a couple of years ago where some pipelines went offline and froze and you couldn't oper- operate natural gas plants during a major cold spell in the Northwest, at nuclear, we have enough fuel on site to operate for years at a time. So anything that happens outside of the gates, that plant can keep operating regardless of any externalities. Nuclear is the beautiful orphan child of the energy world. Renewable energy and climate folks like myself Think of nuclear as a safety and waste hazard. Those who still stand behind fossil fuels have issues over the upfront costs and long timelines of building nuclear plants. This despite the fact that once up and running, nuclear produces cheaper energy than coal or gas. So what do we make of nuclear and how should we think about it as we march towards a clean energy future? Well, there's a ton of innovation happening right now that's making nuclear energy safer, more efficient, and less hazardous. Small module reactors, which we'll hear about as SMRs, are making nuclear plants smaller, less expensive, and faster to get going, also much safer. They are self-cooling and modular, meaning if one part has an issue, all other parts shut down, 
and they're able to self-contain any larger incident. Small modular reactors take their safety basis to a whole nother level through passive safety features. And also the, the modular kind of applies to two things, both the fact that you don't just have one major reactor like you would in an existing plant that has a huge dome over it and it's just producing you know 1,000 megawatts of power, a huge amount of power at all time. But the modular reactors, you know, so take New Scale, for instance, that has 12 different modules capable of producing 70, 80 megawatts each. And those can each be taken offline at different times and refueled. So the plant never has to go offline. And all of the safety systems, if anything were to happen, it can safely shut down by taking the steam that's created and turning it back into water and cool the reactor over time so that no human action is needed. Modern reactors are also using fuel pellets which help aid in both the safety and storage of nuclear fuel. For these, the fuel is its own containment structure. So no, no fission products, no radioactivity can escape from that fuel ball. And for the X-Energy reactor, there are 220,000 of those balls essentially moving in through like a gumball machine. And once they've expended enough of their energy, enough of their fuel, they're taken out and a new ball is put in and it continues and continues on. And then when you're storing that fuel later on, you can store it much easy, much more easily because you're not having to worry about there being any type of release of radioactivity as well. Nuclear waste is still an issue. I don't want to pretend this has been fully solved. The highly radioactive waste we think of as a sort of glowing sludge that used to seep into our water systems dating back to the dawn of nuclear power some 70 years ago has long since been modernized using vitrification, where it's converted essentially into glass and encased with steel. Use nuclear fuel less radioactive than the direct waste, but still very much hazardous, is sitting in fuel cells nearby the plants. It's believed that both the vitrified glass and used fuel can be safely stored deep underground for up to a thousand years, possibly. The prevailing thought is that so long as we can safely store and retrieve them, between now and a thousand years from now, we'll come up with new technology to better dispose of it. Now, that's not a perfect plan by any means, but there are also other solutions out there, such as reusing nuclear fuel. Reusing fuel is on the rise, and in France, where 75% of the energy comes from nuclear, they're now reusing 80% of that nuclear fuel, something we could do here in the U.S. if we invest in the tools to do so, which brings us to the United States. We produce more nuclear energy than any other country in the world. I bet you didn't know that. 20% of our total energy comes from nuclear. And this saves so much carbon compared to fossil fuels that if you literally swapped out the nuclear supply of energy we have with a fossil fuel alternative, it would be the same thing as adding 100 million cars on the road every year, the exact number of cars we already have. There's this indispensable nuclear industry in the U.S. that's providing 20% of all of our electricity year over year. That's carbon free and 56% of all of our carbon free electricity year over year. But it also creates lots of jobs. And it's really important to our national security and, you know, continued leadership on a global stage. Yet, we are way behind in investing in modern nuclear technology. Well, that's now finally changing. There are dozens of startups now focusing on advanced nuclear technology. And Biden's infrastructure bill includes nuclear spending, something both sides of the political aisle agree on. And who knows? Nuclear energy may not only be our key for getting off fossil fuels, it may end up as a bipartisan issue that can also bring politicians together at a time that is increasingly hard to do so. Well, hope you learned something, and please go check out the full episode and the full interview with Jason for a deep dive into all things nuclear.